Being married is tough. So is owning a business. It isn't easy mixing business with marriage. If you're one of the millions of people who happen to be married to your business partner, you know the challenge all too well. This podcast will give you a behind-the-scenes look at the true stories that inspired the book When Your Business Partner Is Your Spouse, How to Have a Successful Business and a Happy Marriage. It's time to open the door of communication, understanding, empathy, and trust between you and your spouse like never before. Here to help you grow your business and strengthen your marriage are your hosts, Kristen and Justin Deese. Hey, welcome to episode four. Episode four is about setting and sticking to clearly defined roles. Pretty important, huh? Yeah, that is a biggie. That's a big topic, especially when there's two people who are running the show. Hmm. <laughs> so every chapter we start out with a quote that kind of kicks it off. And this one, just like the last one, actually has two quotes because we couldn't just pick one. So the first one is, just like on the road, if you don't stay in your lane, accidents are more likely to occur. Mm, that's mm. an awesome one. Yeah, that one was your quote. What? <laughs> Another one. That's two That's two in a row. That's right. And then the other quote for this chapter is, you do you and only you. That sounds like the best quote I've ever heard in oh, my whole life. Because it's mine. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. No, but I'm both, both are so true. And I think both do a pretty good job of really breaking down what this chapter is about, right? Staying in your lane, Mm -hmm. doing you, right? So uh, I had a mentor years ago that's a Patriots fan. And at the time, Tom Brady was the quarterback, right? And they won a gazillion Super Bowls and whatever. And and Tom Brady's big quote, he said, Tom Brady walked in the door and (laughs) And, and it was about, I think, leadership or teamwork or something. And Tom Brady walked up and stood up and basically said, do your job. Don't worry about what the other guy, do your job. And if everybody does their job, the rest of it becomes. Wouldn't that just make it so much easier <laughs> if everybody <laughs> just did their job? It would, but then it wouldn't be life. So, well, I know this, this chapter came about for us because, you know, I think that the scenario that we went through in terms of how we ended up becoming business partners is really common. You started out, you started the business, you started out doing everything, wearing all the hats, and then just got to a point where you needed help, but you weren't ready to necessarily bring somebody in from the outside or maybe couldn't afford it or whatever the deal was. And it was just easy and logical for me to do some things here and there in the evenings after my quote unquote real job. And, and so it just kind of made sense to start sharing some of the, some of the tasks. I think that scenario is popular. You know, that I think that happens a lot. I think it happens less often than two responsible adults, both quitting their jobs at the same time and saying, okay, we're starting a business now together immediately. And we're splitting the task halfway down from day one. I think think that's less common than (laughs) getting sucked in like the other partner getting sucked into it. I think according to society, two adults with children quitting their job to start a business is not. That's probably a little irresponsible unless you have a crap load of cash stash uh, somewhere. Although, although, you know. (laughs) It it happens though. I mean. It happens. We we made it. We're fine. And yeah, I think that unconventional. I think that's that's part of the challenge is is the unconventional. People, People go that path and they feel like there is no other path. And, you know. 
hustle like you're broke is a is a saying that I love because it's at times, you know, it's it's easy not to. Yeah, complacency is a thing for sure. It really is, right? So, you know, when we talked in the first episode of this podcast, we had mentioned that one of the main questions that we get asked all the time is, how do you work with your husband or how do you work with your wife? And for me, I think all of the chapters, I believe all the chapters in the book are highly valuable. I think that this particular chapter might be the top of the list or really close to the top of the list of all of the things in terms of priority. This, the idea of knowing what our roles are and staying in our lanes has been hugely beneficial over the years, partially because we fell into the roles that we're doing because we leaned towards each other's strengths. Like I have different strengths than you do, and you have different strengths than I do. And so together they mesh really well. So we're pretty lucky. And from that standpoint, but I think that because we were able to very clearly identify at the beginning or close to the beginning strengths that we could kind of delegate different tasks in that way. And I think that is really helpful because there very rarely was the get out of my business discussions, no. you know, like we didn't really have those. And I, and I think about that, like as we go to conferences and we're at events and we meet other couples that, that kind of go, you know, how, how, you know, we, we get that question so often is, is how, how do you, how do you do that? And I know my, my short answer is always, I know my lane and that's where I stay. Mm-hmm. As now we're talking about this, did we always know that? Well, so for me, there was a handful of things that I wasn't, I really wasn't comfortable or almost not willing to do. And those happened to be the things that you either were good at or were totally willing to handle. <laughs> So like sales, like I'm not, I don't love sales, but you do. So that was an easy decision and I love numbers and you don't. So that was an easy decision. And I think it kind of, as the different categories and departments came up and the different tasks came up, I think it was just kind of like a, we naturally gravitated, gravitated towards the things that we liked to do and the things that we wanted to do. And then there's a handful of things that neither one of us really wanted to do. So I don't know, did we flip a coin or lose a bet or I'm not sure. At, at, <laughs> the, at the beginning? How we ended up splitting it up. <laughs> uh, at, yeah. At the beginning, <laughs> I think we just kind of flipped a coin and, and that's how we did it. And then as we got a little bit larger, we realized that, hey, let's let's find people that are really good at that stuff that we don't want to do. Which is, which is typically in line with things you're not good at doing. I, I think like, I can't think of something I'm really good at doing that I don't like doing. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Could be, I don't There's know. yeah. Feel it's, free to throw. No, but like what you're really what good I, at cutting the grass or, but no, no, you you're go good through. at hiring somebody to cut the grass. <laughs> no, I think that, that if you are, if you're, good at it, then you probably enjoy doing it or not necessarily that as much because there are people who are probably good at things that they don't really love the fact that they're good at doing, but it could be the vice versa that you're not going to necessarily love to do something that you aren't good at. There was when we, there's a little, a little sentence or two from the book, right directly from the book that I wanted to share. Oh, okay. We hadn't done it. We haven't previous, done that yet. Yeah. We haven't okay. done that before, we haven't done but that yet. 
just to kind of set the stage, we were we were discussing in the book about how I got inducted or sucked into whichever way you want to look at it into the business. And so we were talking about how at the very beginning you were doing everything because you were the only person. So like, you, can you picture the cartoons back in the day where he's like, they're wearing these instruments and their foot is the cymbal and their other foot is the drum and their hands and the tambourines and the whole thing. And it's like going down the street, making this racket. Noise. That's this racket. <laughs> yeah. That's like what I picture when I read this part of it. But anyway, so we were talking about how I, I started to kind of get my feet wet into the business. And then, and at that time, during, during the amount of time that I was able to contribute to the business, which really wasn't very much because I was working, they were, you were just kind of handing me the things that you didn't want to do or didn't feel comfortable doing or whatever. And so, so, so it says, I was happy to hand any task to her that had anything to do with numbers and the seemingly infinite fine detail that went along with the task that needed to be done to keep the books up to date. In the beginning, I wasn't really quite sure what the books meant, but it sounded daunting and well out of my wheelhouse. So when we were rereading this chapter, true. I know we just kind of got a kick out of that because, because it's so true, <laughs> but it was a funny reminder from how far we've come. <laughs> well, and, and the, the books, right? Like the book, like I, I, I like, hear what that. Are the books? Like, the what are the books? What are the books? Like I was clear on sales. That was always my Money strength. coming in. Got it. Mm-hmm. Like I can do it. But bring them in. Crazy thing. Money also goes out. Yeah, so so that was the part that I wasn't always <laughs> super dialed in on was what does that look like? So that that's funny. That's a funny. That's a funny quote of the the books mm-hmm. because I again our story I don't feel is all that unique. I think there is a lot of people that have had similar journeys or on similar journeys or whatever and. I think there's a lot of people out there that, that hear terms that everybody uses. I mean, there's still terms like that. I don't even, I can't think of any at the moment, but there's no, because still now terms. You, you would research them, right? Well, yeah, I would Google it now, but um, there's definitely still terms that I'm literally, say. I'm literally going to Google the books to see, <laughs> to see what it says. What it says. I'm going to probably use Amazon will pop up maybe. <laughs> so, so yeah. So then we talked to, then we kind of go in from there after we talk about the books a little bit and how a lot of times the the books is what gets transferred over to the spouse. What we see, um, especially in the home services industry, and it's probably like this out in other industries as well. But the the husband or is the technician, and he's out there and he's doing the work and he's generating the sales. And there's a lot of detail and administrative stuff that goes along with it that he may not be good at or want to do, and so he either doesn't do it or he enlists the wife. And the thought process that we see often is it's because it's an added layer of reassurance, knowing that the person watching the money is the person that I'm married to. I mean, how true is that though? Right. Right. So it's, you know, it's relieves the, it relieves the husband from having to worry about hiring a bookkeeper that could be, you know, stealing from them or whatever. And it just feels like a natural next move or, or, and that's obviously an extreme level of of what you mentioned, but what about even not, not balancing, not balancing the books? Do you even really know? No, 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 (laughs) I do now, but no, I mean, as far as like bills in everything gets paid that day, not thinking, not forecasting, right? Mm -hmm. Like not forecasting uh, things coming up. And I think uh, all those things 
subconsciously I was concerned about without even knowing what the heck that meant. Yeah. Like there's like, there's gotta be things that you're supposed to be doing, but you don't even know what you're not. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, how we ran the first couple of years of that company, neither one of us didn't know what we didn't know. <laughs> it was like, it was whatever. It was a couple of years of didn't know what you didn't know. Well, but, and that's, that's fine. I mean, that that's part of the process of learning. I mean, you know, you, you don't go to school and learn basic time management, typically communication, tip, like there's there's mm-hmm. all those things. And really running a business, a lot of times it's you just do it and you start going and you figure it out as you go. Well, and- you know, I think that we learned the most. We learned the most things because it we learned it through screwing it up. Hundred, you know, like hundred percent. You don't know what you don't know, and you don't know what you've missed it. it until you've missed it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't want to miss that again. Yeah, so let me put that on my list of yeah, things you, I'm supposed to do. You duff a big one, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, yeah, now you know what you don't know. Now I'm going to be an expert. <laughs> now I'm going to dial into this thing and figure out exactly what it is. Yeah, that needs to happen to ensure that never mm-hmm. happens again. Mm-hmm. And I can think of I can think of so many examples in our journey where we started doing things, whether it be time management, but you name it because we were so frustrated with something that we were just ready to, to make a change. To fix it. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so a story comes to mind of the old guy with a dog. Oh yeah. Dog sitting on the porch. Dog's howling. His friend comes over. He's like, well, why's your dog howling? He's like, well, he's sitting on a pen. He's like, well, why didn't he move? Doesn't hurt bad enough. And, and, and that's true because really for entrepreneurs, a lot of times we have a pretty high threshold of, of pain anyway. So I think it's just one of those things that um, until it is really painful, you're not really ready to make those shifts and changes mm-hmm. in your life and your business. Mm-hmm. We digressed a little bit off of our topic of yeah, um, I guess we did. of our st- staying in our roles and lanes. In our lanes. In our lanes. Sometimes what we've seen happen too that has been an interesting observation in other companies is that the other the spouse gets drawn into the company almost out of obligation. Like they feel obligated to help or they feel obligated to do certain things or they jump in because they can see. Yeah. They feel guilty or they feel like they need to get in because they can see from outside that there's things that need to be done in the business that aren't happening. And so they just pick it up and and go. And we've seen businesses that for years and years and years that has happened. And we have uncovered the fact that there was never a conversation between the two of them about whether or not the role that they either got guilted in or felt obligated to do that they ever even wanted to do it. There was one business where the spouse was doing a particular role for like 20 years. And we uncovered during a couple sessions of coaching that that's not what they wanted to be doing. And I'm thinking, well, first of all, I'm thinking, wow, that's a long time to not be doing what you want to be doing. And then I'm like, have have y'all never talked about it? Like Sometimes people just get put in the express lane and really... Just head down and run. They're like, I just, down and run. I want to kind of be in the, I want to be in the slow and steady lane, not yeah. the. Well, there was line. one um, company that we worked with that was the the wife was. We'll call it inducted. We'll call that. I like that word Knighted. better. 
inducted into the accounting and administrative side of the business, which again, that happens a lot. Yep. And after some discussions of what do you really want type discussions, it was uncovered that she really would rather be doing PR. And that's a huge shift between administrative work and accounting work to being out on the streets and introducing the company and building relationships. It's like a different, it's even a totally different personality. When the husband found out about that, he was one floored that she even wanted that because he had no idea. She had never expressed it and he had never asked. And then he was like, well, hell yeah, we, we need somebody to do that anyway. And what better to do it than the other person that's just as passionate about this business as I am. And so they put her out. I say they put her on the street. That sounds awful. They put her out there and she started doing PR and they created this whole awesome philanthropy project and did all kinds of wonderful things because she was able to make a switch for after a conversation of what do you really want to do? So that was, that was a kind of a big thing that we really want everybody to take away from this chapter is if you've never talked about your roles and how you got the roles and tasks that you're doing and whether or not you actually want to be doing that, you need to have that conversation like now. Yeah. Inducted into a lane without knowing that that's the correct lane happens a lot. And it is important that you check in. Well, and here's the deal. So there's, there's part of that as a partnership as far as husband and wife, but how much of that also happens in your day-to-day business, right? Like you just, you're like, oh, you know what? The phone needs to be answered. I need to, you just answer the phone and that's not the right person for it. Or, hey, I need you to do accounting. And then we kind of feel battered when they don't actually do the task that we wanted them to do. And again, I, I think that happens a lot because typically as business owners, we are firefighters. So there's times we just throw people in where we feel like, it, hey, you can't answer the phone. Like, no problem. Just answer the phone. And really they don't want to answer the phone. They would be better off doing something else. And so you think about taking a, let's call it a plumber who's really good at putting in water heaters and you take him and you put him in the accounting department to make sure your accounting is squared away. What, what kind of mess would that be? And the truth is, is in business, a lot of times we all do that and we put the wrong person in the wrong place. And this concept and idea of roles and staying there for us, it's it's complementary. It just so happens that my strengths are his weaknesses and vice versa. And that works really well together. And I've also seen partnerships that can struggle a little bit when you do have two people who are together who have similar strengths and similar weaknesses. And the main idea or takeaway from that would just be to identify what those weaknesses are and make sure that there's other people in place in the company or somewhere in the structure of the organization, whether it's in in in-house or out of the house, that can pick up the slack on those weaknesses so that they're not getting done. Because here's one thing that I think you want to try to avoid, I know you want to try to avoid, is having somebody in a position that's not their natural strength for a long period of time, because it's very taxing on the body. And it's taxing on the mind to be forced into a position that you're not good at for a long period of time. And so if you've got two people who are partners and you both have the same strengths and you both have the same weaknesses, it's really important not to bring in a third partner, but to at least have some people in place that can help pick up the slack of the strength of the weaknesses that you both have so that you're not forcing one partner into the weakness side all the time. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah, it does make sense. And and again, it, it goes back to defining 
lanes and from a bigger, from a bigger topic or bigger conversation, it's really about team member map, right? And so we're talking specifically a lot specifically about uh, the business partnership side of it, but think about it as you build your team member map or your organizational chart, you've got to, that's where you can really get better and more dialed in at your roles and responsibility for each person on your team, which then includes the husband, wife, the business partner, the whatever that looks like in order to make sure that uh, everybody's clear on what they want to do. Cause it is, it is so much nicer and easier if you are doing something you don't want to do or don't like to do if there's an end. Hey, I need you to do A and B, but only until C happens. Mm-hmm. And then from a, from a human perspective, you're kind of going, okay, great. I can push through it because I know there's an end. I see a light at right. the end of the tunnel. Right. I can, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Cool. I can, I can make that sacrifice. I can do that thing that I absolutely don't want to do for the greater good of the company. And, and for a finite period of time, for a finite <laughs> period of time, whatever that finite period is. Yeah. So the exercise that we have in this chapter is really just a matter of identifying the tasks and roles that you and your business partner slash spouse do also identifying what you want to be doing. I think that's a biggie. You know, when you start looking at the the roles and the tasks that you do currently, there's probably going to be some things on there that maybe you shouldn't be doing because maybe there's other people in the company that should be doing it instead, or maybe it should be outsourced in some way. Also, just like we learned in the previous chapter about time management, when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. If you're saying yes to a whole bunch of tasks that you don't need to be doing, then you're not, there's other things that you probably would rather be doing or that you would be doing, should be doing that you can't because you said yes to these other things. So to me, the this exercise really complements a lot of the time management exercises in terms of tasks and roles, because ultimately what you're doing is you're refining what it is that you're doing on a regular basis and what your role is and making sure that that's what you should be doing. And then also at the same time, opening yourself up for other things that you want to be doing as well. And what's funny about that, about that concept is there's a story in the book about a client who put on his list of things that he wants and should be doing to check the mail. And I was like, really? Like you've got this ginormous multi-million dollar company and, and you are checking the mail. I'm pretty sure you've got people that can do that for you. He's like, oh no, no, no. I just like to go out the mailbox and check to see if there's any checks that came in. And then I give the mail to somebody else to process. I'm like, okay, that works. The point is, is that you need to be doing what you want to do. And he wanted to check them out. That is, that is the beauty of growing a business to serve you and to serve your life and to serve your purpose. So, I mean, I went a lot of years where, man, I liked going to the mailbox to check it. Mm -hmm. The bills I didn't too much care for, but (laughs) the checks I really liked. And, and, and the business is supposed to serve you and, and whatever it is you like to do, no matter if it's being the technician or checking the mail or answering the phone, it really doesn't matter. The purpose of creating the business is to serve you and your life and your, and your goals. So. Mm-hmm. When we look at our roles and we clearly define the roles between us as business partners, I think the other thing that we really did, we didn't even really have to talk about it. I don't think, I don't think we ever really talked about it over the years, but when we had a question about what the other was doing, we tried to be pretty respectful when we were asking so that it wasn't Uh like a judgmental thing because I didn't know, I don't know how to do all of what you do and you don't know how to do all of what I do. So it's really easy when you start asking questions from somebody, it's easy for them to get on the defensive. And I don't, 
I don't think that we ever really did that too bad over the years in terms of like, it's one thing to ask a legitimate question. And it's another thing to ask to question somebody's integrity or whether or not they know what they're doing. So I'm going to stop you. Okay. Here's why. Because I think that is a great segue into another chapter that we're going to talk about. Okay. So (laughs) again, I I can't wait to hear about it. (laughs) I don't want to cut you off. But it is. It is a good segue. Oh, I know which and, chapter you're referring to. Okay. All right. So so there you go. So I, th- I think it's a better segue to another another chapter. And we want to cut it, we want to cut this off. We don't want to be on here because we could. We could just yeah. stay on here for days and I'd be a good time. But we're gonna sign off here. Again, this was the fourth episode of a nine episode series. We're gonna we're gonna call it good and we'll see you guys on episode five. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes and sharing the episode with a friend. For more resources from Kristen and Justin Deese, visit businessspouse.com.